Hello and welcome to the Soccer Coach Weekly Podcast. I'm Andrew Rayburn. Thank you for joining us as we get insights and ideas from coaches working across the game to help you develop into the coach you want to be. In this episode, we speak to George Roberts, Under-9's assistant coach in the academy at English Club Plymouth Argyle, a UEFA B qualified coach. He also works as a marketing and communications officer with the Cornwall Football Association. He spoke to our very own Steph Fairbairn about all things session design, including how to go about planning your practices and how many concepts a good session should cover. George, could you tell us a bit about you, your coaching career to date and your current roles? Yeah, so I suppose um, my current role is as of now in terms of coaching. Um, so I'm an under nines coach um, for Plymouth Argyles Academy. Um, and then I suppose my day job, I work for a county football association as the sort of a football development and also marketing and communications officer. Um, I suppose my coaching journey, if you like, started a few years ago now, um, but back with um, sort of the community sessions and, and in school PE lessons and after school clubs. Um, so I did that for a few years when I first started getting involved with coaching, um, got my level one and two, and then sort of continued that when I went to university as well. Um, and I suppose during that time as well, alongside the community um, delivery, if you like, I was doing some of the development centres as well, and um, started shadowing at some of the um, centre of excellence centres as well. So that was a case of picking up the canes to start off with, and then that gradually led into um, sort of an assistant coach role and then into a lead coach role, and then I suppose across my time at university, um, worked across four different centres um, as a lead coach and then got involved with the academy as well, sort of shadowing coaches. Um, and then I suppose following that, um, once I got my UA for B, um, then got involved with the academy on a part-time role in terms of an assistant coach to start off with for the under-13s, um, lead coach with the 10s last season. And I'm now I'm supporting the under-9s um, this season. So I suppose that's my journey today. Um, but yeah, hopefully a lot, a lot more years to come. Thanks, George. I want to talk a bit about session design for the for the age groups that you work with. What is it that for you defines the topic of a session? Is it something that you plan in a block or is it something that you base on performance in the last training session or in the last match? How do you come up with what you're going to coach? Yeah, so I suppose in terms of um, determining what the session focus is going to be, I suppose, um, I guess it's a little bit context specific in terms of, I suppose, for me personally, within um, the academy that I'm working at the moment, um, we've got our syllabus and program that we work off. So um, different aspects are focused on maybe a little bit more in different um, age age groups, if you like. So with the foundation phase, the young, the younger players, um, there's a heavy sort of focus on providing um, technical repetition and, and 1v1, 2v2, uh, 2v1s, etc. So I suppose the outlook is um, based off the syllabus that we've been provided um, and then also tailoring that to the needs of our players. So if we feel um, the group needs certain aspects, um, you know, developing further throughout the season, um, we'll work on that. But I suppose in terms of um, how we go about planning that, we look to try and um, do this in sort of blocks so it's not um, a case of just doing it for one session and moving on um, which perhaps you know I've previously done it in my earlier years in coaching um, I suppose with the aim of hopefully now doing more block learning if you like um, given more opportunities for that for that learning to take place but also for the, the players to understand and apply the skills that we're, we're hopefully teaching um, rather than I suppose you know if we're changing every session um, then just about to get the grasp of something then you move on to something else um, but I suppose yeah in terms of um, you know thinking about different contexts it might be or ultimately it should probably be around how 
you know your your player philosophy or your game model or how you want to play as a as a club as a team um how that looks and then that filters down into your your program or your training sessions in terms of how you do that um i suppose in terms of you know working off the back of games um sort of maybe in a more reactive approach if you like in terms of um providing those session um focuses um sometimes it can be useful i think to pick up on areas that have happened in a game because obviously it's it's very relevant in the fact that it's happened and you know it's probably fresh in the players minds as well but i think it's sort of important as well especially with the younger groups um more so to think about i suppose the bigger picture and the fact that if you keep reacting to the game um then you perhaps might focus on one area a lot more than others or you might miss areas completely so i suppose it's about you know having your sort of game model how you want to play um filtering that down and making sure hopefully that you cover you know as much as you or as much as you need to really or you can across the season with your players um you know without trying to cover everything because that's a, a difficult task as well when you talk about blocks within a block how much do you repeat or how much do you kind of progress as that block goes on yeah, so I suppose in terms of um, that, I suppose in terms of like repeating, in terms of repeating a session, if you like, or different practices, um, I suppose this is something that you know I've definitely developed over the years in terms of um, previously, um, you know, whether it's a perception or something in terms of, you know, when you're first starting out in coaching, you, you might feel you always have to change it and keep it fresh and change the different practices. Um, when in fact, you know, recently, especially working with coach and working with now, it's, you know, sometimes it's, it's best to keep it simple and it, even if that means keeping the same practice um you know you can use the same practice for lots of different um focuses within different sessions um as long as it's you know relevant to to what you're working on and relevant to the game um yeah i think in terms of you know there's not always that need to you know reinvent the wheel or we'll do different sessions um and i suppose in terms of um you know how how much you repeat that it might be dependent on i suppose the amount you're training um Per week so for example we do three sessions a week whereas you know grassroots clubs might only do one um so you know different time scales i think it's you know context specific but um yeah i think you know as coaches there's there's you know no harm in repeating practices or sessions if if, if you've got the rationale behind it and it's providing value for your players um because like i said earlier if you, you keep changing it and keeps moving on to different things um you know it might take them longer to to grasp different aspects because they keep having to chop and change um but also if you keep doing different practices you know sometimes it you spend more time explaining the practice than actually um i suppose the, the key areas in terms of the coaching points and, and the parts of the games that you want to cover as well um so yeah i think that's definitely something um you know if people aren't already um considering in terms of you know how you can use different practices or repeat practices or sessions in a way that's still relevant and providing the opportunities to you know, build upon hopefully the, the learning that starts to, to take place with the players. I think sometimes as well, and you've just referenced like grassroots teams that maybe just train once a week. Sometimes I guess for coaches, there's a temptation to be like, I need to cram everything in because there's so much I need to resolve. But how many key concepts do you think a good session should cover? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you probably hit the nail on the head there in terms of, you know, I, I suppose previously, especially with my planning of, you know, I like to, have quite good attention to detail but that's probably worked against me previously in in, in, in sessions and coaching um previous seasons and the fact that like you said you try and cover so much within such a short time um you know really you know there might not be a, a specific you know this is how many points you should cover in your session but i think 
you know, having the understanding and, and the knowledge behind you know, the topic or whatever you're focusing on is great. But I suppose within a session, you know, trying to really nail it down to maybe, you know, two, three points, for example, in terms of um, that's really going to stick with the players and, and be meaningful for their learning. Um, so I think you know, previously I've, you know, definitely been guilty of trying to cover too much then actually, it, you know, does it just merge all into one and not make much sense to the players? Or are you, are you, you know, then forcing out different coaching points or, or parts of the sessions because you've got on your head that's what you've got to cover in the session when actually, you know, work in line with how, how the session's going and how the how the players have, you know, taken on board information or displaying, you know, the different areas of the session that you're trying to work on. And there's obviously different ways of putting sessions together and different kinds of structures do you have any advice for coaches that are designing sessions about which structures really work to follow and what components should be in a good session? Yeah, I think, I suppose, you know, again, there's there's loads of different aspects to, I suppose, planning sessions and, and delivering sessions. Um, and I think, you know, as a coach, reflecting on what's gone well for you with your session and, and what's provided, you know, good good opportunities for your players to, to have experiences to learn. Because I suppose ultimately um, we're putting on sessions to give them, you know, different situations and experiences that are hopefully going to add value to their, their football knowledge or their football ability to, to make them a better player. And I think, you know, there's lots of different things you can cover it um, in terms of that and can go into a few bit in a minute. Um, but I suppose for me, some really key bits that I've, I think of in terms of when I'm planning sessions, um, which I sort of use as a, as a base, if you like, in terms of, um, when I'm deciding what practices or thinking about how I can design things is, um, I suppose, first of all, you know, like I suppose lots of coaches, you know, still still the good bits. But one of my coach um, coaching tutors for my B license, um, Aaron Kuzak, really good coach, and I suppose really supported me during that um, during that time. But you always used to say about um, your practices, can you literally pick them up and drop them into the game, and would it look out of place? So I think, um, you know, really important thing that I refer to and I think you know beneficial for the players especially is um, you know does it look like the game does it feel like the game um, and if it is you're probably not going too far wrong and I suppose within that are you then um, you know taken from one of the courses I did previously in terms of the FA youth module two a few years ago now um, but you know the, they called it like the three R's so repetition relevance and um in terms of realism so I think repetition especially for the younger ages is really important now that doesn't necessarily mean standing in a line and just doing your drill type and that, that might come on to something in a second in terms of the sort of practices you might use but I suppose you know are the experiences and I suppose the skills um, that you want the players to develop and, and experience during the session are they getting lots of repetition of that or is it one every few minutes when actually you know is that going to really be beneficial for them and then I suppose the realism and, and, and the relevance part, you know, is it appropriate for the group that you're working with? So are you, are you trying to get under nines to switch play from one side to the other over 50 metres, um, for example, which probably isn't the best idea. Um, but again, linking it back to can you drop it into, you know, the game that they play? Does it look like part of that game? Does it fit? Is it relevant to that, that um, or that group's sort of current stage of playing, if you like? And then I suppose different areas that you can consider within the, I suppose, planning and your practice design is, um, I suppose, the different types of practices you might use. So um, it might be, I call it sort of a block practice, um, and then it can sort of go all the way through to like a random practice, which is like your game, if you like. So if you think about the block stuff, um, that's all 
sort of very specific. So that if, you know, a really simple example um, would be thinking about me and you passing the ball back and forth together. Um, lots and lots of repetition of, you know, the passing technique or the ball striking technique, um, but probably low decision making. Um, whereas the other end is sort of the other side where you've got lots of random um, situations, variables happening, lots of decision making, and then lots of, lots of skill repetition in that as well. You've got the pressure from other players. And obviously, as you go up and down that um, sort of spectrum, if you like, you can have different activities. So it might be 1v1 where there is some opposed activities, um, but there's slightly less chaos because there's less players um, and less going on in the environment. So I think you know, decision-making is really important in football and it, you know, probably underpins everything. Um, so it's really important you get, you know, a good amount of sort of decision-making within your practices or as much as your practice as possible. Um, but I also feel there's, a, you know, there's you can have a balance of using um, the technical development, um, especially at the younger ages, just so they get that repetition of um, developing different techniques to then apply it or to then have a foundation to then when they go into the opposed practices to, to start applying that um, based off their environment as well. So I think that's really important to consider. And then I suppose some other areas which may not be possibly as obvious in terms of um, you know, different aspects or components to, to think about when you're planning sessions is um, something that I suppose the coach I'm working with at the moment, um, Lee Hodge, so he's, um, so we worked a lot on like the language we're using. So he's very good at, um, especially the younger kids, thinking about um, different phrases that will stick or make messages more memorable. Um, so thinking about how you can really, um, I suppose, use your language in a session to be, I suppose, consistent um, in terms of the, the phrases you're using um, so that players can understand it easier, um, but also in terms of um, making the messages more memorable. Um, and I think, you know, that's maybe something that, don't always consider when you're planning practices um, but I think it can be really important as well and then obviously I suppose thinking about you know the coaching points that you want to get out so you know if you're looking at um, developing a player's ability to receive a ball or awareness and receiving um, what are the key sort of ingredients if you like that's going to help those players um, in the game or in the practices um, to, to become better and more effective in terms of that as well. And I suppose, you know, encompassing all of that and all the different components, and there's lots more you could chuck in there as well. Um, I think about, you know, in terms of the, the way you, you structure your, your whole session, if you like. So it might be um, you start off um, with, you know, unopposed, so technical practice into a skill practice. So it's opposed, maybe you against another player, 1v1s, building it up, and then you might go into a game at the end, or you might then do sort of a slightly different approach. So it might be, um, you know, I call it whole, whole part, whole. So you start off with a game, you've got your topic within the game, it might be some challenges. Then you go into a, either, you know, a skill or a technical practice in the middle to really focus on some different areas and then back into a game. Um, that might be an approach that's, you know, useful sometimes, especially with younger players um, in terms of playing sort of more game-based learning. And then sometimes you might even just do, a, you know, a game for the whole session and you might have different challenges or, different um, aspects to it though, encouraging certain parts of the game to come out as well. When you're talking, I was actually really reflecting on my planning. And um, I think sometimes I overplan and sometimes I underplan. <laughs> and do you think sometimes it's quite hard to find the balance between those things? Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely. I think, I suppose for me, like I mentioned earlier, <laughs> I suppose I'm probably guilty of over planning at times and trying to cover too much. Um, and I know, you know, other, other coaches I've worked with previously are, you know, more comfortable 
going into a session and almost leaving parts blank to then, you know, get a feel for the session. And I suppose, you know, yeah, is there a balance? I don't know. I suppose, you know, for me personally, I'd probably plan in a lot of detail because um, it probably gives me a bit more confidence in terms of what I'm trying to look for within sessions. Um, and again, I suppose as I've developed, that's then me realising actually I don't have to get everything out, but it's now I've got, I suppose, um, the foundation to work off in terms of what I'm looking for, what I'm trying to uh, bring out in the session. Um, but I suppose, yeah, I'm definitely in terms of, you know, some, you know, parts of the session, I think it's important to, you know, be open to change. You don't have to stick to that plan. And that's definitely something over the years I've, I've definitely come away from in terms of, you know, getting a feel for the session and how it's going really. So I guess reacting to the feedback from your players and how they're doing in the session and kind of adapting as you go. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, and that might be, like I said, feedback from the players in terms of, you know, whether they're finding something too difficult or too easy, for example, or it might be, you know, you, when you're just observing and taking that back seat for a second, you're thinking, right, actually, are they getting, you know, the repetition or are they getting what they should be from the practice? Um, and, and if they're not, you know, previously that's where I perhaps maybe would have left it, but now it's where I'm starting to become more experienced and hopefully, you know, you know, there's an opportunity there for you to, to make a, you know, a live change to the session to then encourage something else. So whether that's, you know, simply tweaking a rule or changing the area slightly or uh, adding in a different um, aspect to the practice, I think that's a really important part to start trying to develop, um, you know, and something I'm definitely working on in terms of, I suppose, in the moment reflection rather than perhaps, you know, the reflection that happens after the session, you think, oh, why didn't I do that? It's actually then thinking, you know, right, I could do this now. Actually, I'm going to do it to see how it goes. And, you know, sometimes it might not work and that's fine. Um, but, you know, I suppose it's, yeah, getting a feel and, and, you know, that player feedback can be really important in that as well. So, um, yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, I suppose being adaptable was, you know, definitely a, um, something coaches need to be. Um, and I suppose you, your plan, if you like, is, you know, a guide. Um, but, yeah, 100% that could be adapted as, as you progress through the session. Um, and, and that might just be, you know, you'll feel the players or the feedback they give you. Or it might just be something you, you think of on the spot and you think, actually, this could work really well here. Um, and sometimes it can make it even better than you, you would have thought of. Other times it might be the other way around. But uh, I suppose that, again, is, you know, a learning opportunity as well. So. And say you're working with a mixed ability group. And I think obviously that happens a lot in grassroots and sometimes, you know, there's one or two coaches and then there's a lot of uh, players to work with. How can you design your session with that mixed ability group in mind? Yeah, so I think, I suppose this is a really important aspect of coaches, especially like you said, in terms of um, grassroots coaching um, where you've got that big, or big range of um, ability that, that might be present. And I think it's also very very difficult part of coaching as, as much as it is important um, and I suppose you know you can design practices in different ways where you know if you've got different pitches it might be you know winners move up uh, for example and then you get the strong stronger players if you like against the stronger players so they've got a, a relevant challenge to them and then you've got other players that are playing against players of similar ability that might be one way you can do it where you've got a sort of um, you know a ladder effect if you like so you can move up and down depending on how you're getting on. But I suppose for me, I think, you know, trying to identify different ways you can um, change your practices to, to, to really help, um, you know, provide challenge for different individuals um, is important. So it might be, um, you know, something I've seen recently where um, the coach has given the players the opportunity. So they were practicing some dribbling 
and dribbling skills and opposed to start so just them and the ball then they went to 1v1 so you know I think it's probably typical that you go if you were doing um sort of ball manipulation or dribbling skills to then go in a 1v1 and then straight away they've got that pressure of a defender but um, a coach I was observing recently sort of did a practice or player approach so it was quite it's quite a good approach I felt anyway in terms of if, if we were working together if I've passed you the ball and you're trying to then use your dribbling skills to get past me um, as I receive the as I receive the ball from you for example I would say practice or play so if I said practice it just means I'll, I don't want you to tackle me but you can come and put pressure on me just so I can get comfortable but, but if I said play then it's live and you can tackle me so that was I suppose you know, it's a very, I suppose, small example, but one example in terms of how you can do that as well. It might be also another way of, you know, if you look at more game-based um, approaches in terms of providing a bit more challenge or a little bit more support for other players. Um, it might be you have your under and overload, so it might be, you know, players that are really striving and have less players on their team, so they have to deal with different challenges, Where whereas other players might have a few more or one or two more to give them more support in terms of that. Um, I think one thing, aside from, if you like, the practices, that's very important um, for that sort of differentiation and, and helping different um, different ability levels within the session is, I suppose, the feedback from the coach, I feel anyway, in terms of, you know, if you, if you have individual feedback with different players to support what they need support on, um, I feel that's very useful as well. So it's not just that blanket approach of this is what we're focusing on in terms of this is what you should be able to do. It's actually you know, recognising like this player needs help here in terms of, you know, it might be before the ball, they need to just work on, you know, getting a bit more space away from their defender. Um, and that might be where you can add in different aspects as well in terms of, you know, you can't tackle off until they've had their first touch or something like that. Little things you can add in. Um, but I think that individual feedback and, and being able to provide that support, you know, on an individual basis is really important as well. I guess what you've just described is about being really player focused and so what is it that's important that players take away from a session like what is it that they should go away feeling um i think you know first and foremost i think players should hopefully be going away from sessions um you know the coaches deliver thinking you know i want to come back to the next one i've enjoyed it tonight i've, I've had a positive experience um tonight and i want to come back for the next one i think that's you know <laughs> The foundation if you like and i suppose in terms of if you're thinking more of the, the coaching side in terms of what you're looking to to bring out in terms of the topic and what you're focusing on i think you know hopefully you're, you're providing the opportunity for players to you know either reinforce or further their current knowledge and, and skills in terms of you know tonight they've come away from the session having learned something new so it might be something small but it might be an area that's really impacted them on that session that they think i can take this going forwards and that might be a positive, but you know it could also be a negative as well in terms of right tonight I really struggled with this. How you know, and that's then the opportunity to discuss you know how can that be used um, going forwards to actually develop that area and, and sort of overcome that challenge going forwards as well. Um, but I think yeah, in terms of you know you could look at it um, in terms of yeah the, the key areas you want to cover as a coach in terms of that session. But I think ultimately um, as a, as a coach, you'd like to think that the players are going away. Um, feeling like that session's added value to them and they've enjoyed it um, and again that's you know especially with grassroots you know the enjoyment and and feeling like you know it's been a positive experience is really really important so um yeah obviously the football development side is important and, and providing those opportunities um for them to grow um is, is definitely important but yeah the, 
I suppose, yeah, having a good time and, and wanting to come back and enjoying learning. And, you know, it might even just be helping the players become a little bit more curious going forward in terms of, you know, tonight this happened and they're not quite sure why and they're just thinking about it and it might be next session they, they have a little chat about something or they, they recognise it in the game and then they can, I suppose, have that snowball effect from there where they're, they're continuing to work on the different aspects going forward. Okay, so final question, because I know you have a really awesome website with brilliant resources and really useful stuff for, for coaches. But do you think there's a place to give players resources and stuff that supports um, what they are learning in sessions? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I suppose, you know, from my experience, we've we've given players sort of different home challenges or, um, you know, and I suppose, you know, it's not necessarily like school where it's like homework and you've got to do this work by this time, but it might be, you know, providing a, a, a practice they could do at home, which gives them the opportunity to, to explore and do different things, or it might, you know, I think, especially with the younger groups, um, I suppose role modelling, which is another aspect you could consider in terms of, um when you're planning your sessions in terms of thinking about professional players that kids look up to and they and they d- demonstrate those skills and they can look at that player and think, wow, he does this, you know, step over really well. It might be like Mo Salah's dribbling's fantastic. If they can watch clips of that, for example, you know, kids, you know, they get, they, they love it in terms of if you can provide those real life examples because it, it sort of sparks their creativity. So I suppose, yeah, 100% um, in terms of, you know, opportunities for players to, to become more curious and, and continue to explore and, you know, you know, continue hopefully loving, loving football and developing different things away from, from training as well. But I suppose, you know, it might not always be football specific as well. So it might be different physical challenges or, do you know what I mean? Um, in terms of like, um, you know, hopefully kids were playing different sports, you know, when they're younger in terms of, you know, exploring different sports that hopefully then, develop different transferable skills so whether from football they can develop different skills that they can take into maybe I don't know hockey or you know tennis or anything um, or vice versa so you know I suppose yeah from from our, my experience personally we've given some different um, yeah home challenges we call it um, if you like to, to hopefully provide a bit of opportunity for further engagement away from training um, but I suppose it's you know it's a it's not a mandatory it's a bit of a you know, because kids engage with things differently and they, they might have more time than others and it might be, you know, I've got a few evenings a week, whereas you're doing other sports on those evenings. So I suppose it's, yeah, providing that framework. And I think, you know, there's probably, yeah, definitely areas to develop going forwards in terms of um, generally across the, the coaching landscape, if you like. That was the voice of George Roberts, under nine's assistant coach at Plymouth Argyle. We thank George for his time and his insight. And thank you to Steph Fairbairn once again for posing the questions. And thanks to you as well for listening. For practice plans, advice, interviews, much, much more, visit our website, soccercoachweekly.net. I'm Andrew Rayburn. Join us again soon here on the Soccer Coach Weekly podcast.